Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and I got my gray, gray, gray-bearded co-host, per usual, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, alongside me. How are you doing tonight, Elliot? Doing pretty darn good. I was going to shave the beard off this off season, and this never happened. You didn't. Uh, you didn't have the the guts to do it. Well, I, I shaved it off. See, last time I shaved it off would have been about four years ago. When I shave it off, I shave it off, then I immediately regrow it back. <laughs> but I don't I don't ever have plans to do any video recording with it shaved off. I just like how I just like the beard. So I've been recording so many videos for the preseason this year to release in August that I just nah. And my kids get so pissed when I shave <laughs> off my beard. Nice. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm so right there with there. you, man. I've, I like, I think I trimmed it all. The last time I trimmed it all the way off was in college. And like, I just, I looked like such a baby face that I just never could do it again. <laughs> so I did it this year where I actually did it pretty close. Um, at the end of season, I shaved off the mullet. Rest in peace, mullet. And uh, <laughs> I I trimmed the beard down to pretty much just stubble. Um, so it's taken me a long time this off season to kind of grow it back. But I'm I'm right there with you. I like to have I like to have the beard in all the videos. Yeah. So pretty much what I do with my my uh, my beard and all that is at the end of season once a year I trim it all down and then I just let it go. I let it go again. I mean I I trim it and shape it. But as far as the length goes, you know, for duck season, you got to have a beard, man. It's just something about duck hunting that requires yeah. that. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Although if someone doesn't have a beard, you know, I don't think anything about it. I just I've gone through phases of my life where I was beardless the majority of the time. And then I at some point I just went beard and have just never gone away from it for, gosh, I don't know, 10, 12, 10, 8, 9 years, basically. And my, my daughter showed me a, you know, like those, those like no beard filters that you can get on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. Well, my daughter brought, took a picture of me and showed it to me without a beard too. And, and that didn't help any for my desire to shave my beard. Off. I hear There's always things always make you look so, I look so much fatter in that picture than, <laughs> than I do. I know that I would actually look good if I shaved my beard, but man, it was not a good look. Yeah. I definitely hear you on that. For sure. So we'll we'll keep them going. But I'm I, I do have a higher standard than you, I guess. If if people don't have a beard, I'm like it like drops them down a few slots when I'm calling people for the hunt on the weekend. So. <laughs> like baby face Ben, you you always look down on little baby face Benny boy. Uh, yeah. I mean, he gets a pass though because military. You know, you gotta give give respect to to military and veterans. So you know, if you got to do that for that, that man, he uh, he did. He hated that. He name. did, and I will say that he grew a beard after that, and he looked. He looked uh, much more studly, so um, yeah, it's not it's not his fault. So I give him a pass. But like when Matt just has like a mustache and no beard, it's like man, immediately like he'd be off the list for the hunt that week. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Well, Matt, I would have called you. Why didn't you call me? You guys limited out. Look in the mirror, Matt. Look in the mirror. <laughs> I'm not into the mustache thing, man. I don't. I will never have one unless I. Well, I have unless it's like a little Fu Manchu. Maybe I've done that in the past, but just the whole thing of like this whole mustache thing. It's it, just it's not. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's just like everything else. There's fads and and like it's the style. I think it's like it's something that always comes around, right? Beards weren't in, and then they were in, and then they'll be out, and and same thing with with mustaches and all that. So it's yeah. just you know I think I think we'll see more of the mustache trend coming on. So you, you know how Matt is kind of always following the fads and and stuff like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> always he's always got to follow uh, the trends so um next thing you know he'll be shooting a sub gauge like everybody else <laughs> so or matt um <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny um but before we jump into the topic today i, I, I will let you guys know a little bit the topic we're gonna be talking about um beginner duck hunter you know Every year about this time, I start getting messages from Instagram on people. And, and you know, just this week I was talking to a guy and, and he's kind of asking about scouting and permission and all that. And then he's like, hey, while you're at it, if you got any other tips, last year was my first year. And I know there's a huge majority of the people that kind of watch content. You know, what happens is you start you start hunting and then you want to figure stuff out. So you start Googling it. You start listening to podcasts. You watch videos. So I know that a lot of our audience is in those same shoes. So we're going to be – that's what we're going to – you can look forward to. You know, we're going to keep going on the, the updates. But when we get done, we're going to hit up, um, you know, everything you need to know as someone getting into duck hunting. You know, so if you're if you're already a, a duck hunter as well, don't tune out because the, I'm sure there will be nuggets that you can grab from all that. And if you disagree, you know – let us know as well. We're always here to, we always like to hear from you guys on any of that as well. And and while I'm mentioning that, if you want to reach out to us, um, the best place to reach out to either one of us is probably Facebook for Elliot, Facebook Messenger, and for me, Instagram Messenger or Facebook Messenger, either one. Um, we get tons of messages all the time from people, um, and we do our best to to uh, you know respond to all you guys and, and keep that stuff flowing. I know Elliot, you got a ton of time right now being um summer elliot so <laughs> mm-hmm. it's probably summer a better Elliot's time awesome. better time to hit up elliot now than in season you know we all get we all get super busy kind of churning away on the hunts and and you know editing and, and videos and all that stuff so um but one thing we wanted to hit up while we're talking about these updates is um if you guys have been paying attention to social media paying attention to what we say at the beginning of the episodes you guys know that we are doing a patreon hunt giveaway so um, super excited, super, uh, super cool idea that we came up with and, and we're still kind of figuring out all the details and all that. And, and, uh, but, um, we started posting about it on social media a little bit. There's been a huge, um, a huge buzz, I would say from, from our followers, super excited about the idea. You want to, you want to chime in on this Elliot? Yeah. So this was actually a master Jordan idea to give this hunt giveaway. So I, I made a video about all the details. If you want to see the video, you can join our Facebook group fellowship of the duck gun. And that video is there. It gives all of the, all of the details, but basically August 25th at seven o'clock on YouTube, we are going to do a live stream. Are we doing that on my channel or your channel, Jordan? I don't think we've never really talked about it. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about it. Um, yeah, it it doesn't matter one way or the other. We'll do we'll do it on one of the channels. Yeah, well we'll put the links out. We'll put the links out. We'll we'll definitely let you guys know 
but it's going to be a live stream and we are going to raffle off. It's basically, it's a hunt giveaway, but it's a hunt weekend giveaway. So how this works is over on patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. Jordan and I put a lot of extra content over there from videos to extra podcasts, just all sorts of stuff. So if you become a patron, then there's different tiers over there. There's a $1 tier, three, five, and so on. And every dollar that is put in is basically an entry into the hunt giveaway. And so then on August 25th, um, however many entries that you have will be put into the hat and we'll do the live stream event and we'll pick a, pick a name. And if your name is picked, you and one person will be able to come and hunt with us for a Saturday and it's probably be a Saturday and a Sunday. We don't have the date picked out because we're going to work with you on um, probably have a phone conference with us and say, you know, look at our calendars, see what works, see when you can come. And we're actually looking to pay for as much of this as we possibly can. It'll be a $400 minimum that Jordan and I pay towards travel expenses, license, what, what you know, whatever your costs are. If you need a plane ticket in, um, we may, we're, what we're term, we're, the money that we raise for this during that month of Patreon is going to go into that. Yeah. So hopefully we can pay for even even more than that. And you guys, one of you and one of your best friends is going to come and and we're going to do some serious hunting and hopefully really get on the birds. And we're going to be making videos for YouTube about it, which you'll be on and and uh, you'll get to know us personally. Obviously, if we're hunting together, so both of us are really really excited about this deal. And since since we put out the video, you know, we like Jordan said, we've had a lot of really really good response on it. Tons of people coming over to Patreon and joining us over there and becoming part of the Patreon community, which is patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting. So if you're interested in that, I would say go to that Patreon and check it out. Just see what see what we've got over there. Watch the intro video and see if it's something you want to enter into. Awesome. Yep. And just, you know, while we're at it, you know, just big, big, huge thanks to all you guys over there at Patreon. Um, you know, we say it all the time, you know, we got partners in, in other, in other areas on the channel, but you guys are really the backbone of, of what we do. Um, and every support you give us, you know, it helps us keep the lights on, keeps the show running, keeps all the content coming. So, um, and this just seemed like a really cool idea. Like, I, I don't know, it just popped in my head one day and we talked about it and brainstormed it. And, um, we're super excited that you guys are as excited about it as, as we are. So, um, can't wait to do the drawing and figure out who we got coming with us and, you know. Um, we'll do it all live and on there. So, <laughs> but I do have some favorites that I hope pull, pull through and get the, <laughs> get the drawing. So, <laughs> so, um, but we'll, we'll be My fair. mom's a patron. If she yeah. wins, she's <laughs> yeah. not coming. I think your mom's excluded, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, see who comes. No matter who it is, it's going to be awesome. So, um, we're super excited to, to, to run this and, and do the hunt, the Patreon hunt. And hopefully, if this everything runs smooth, everything runs cool, we'll be making this kind of an annual part of you know the podcast and the Patreon group and all that. So, um, but yeah, you got any uh, you got any uh, kind of um, normal week updates on on what you got going on? Well, yeah. Bef- before that, I do want to give a special shout out to Sean McConnell over at Patreon. Um, he is one of our newest members over there. Actually, just shipped his freelance duck hunting hat today, which comes with. His tiered membership, and I just want to give a shout out to him, and uh, thank you for for joining us. Um, awesome, 
No, but as far as yeah, I do. Titus came, and we had Titus from Mid Valley Mercenaries and Aiden Golden Boy. Man, we had so much fun. We we jumped on the river with the new um, Go Devil motor that we put on the eighteen footer, and cruised up and down the river, checked out some places that you know might be possible duck hunting spots. Swam in the river for a while, threw some retrieves for Georgie. And actually, Titus was over for Fourth of July. Um, he got here the evening of the 4th of July, stayed in the guest room. So it was just really, really fun to get to spend some extra time with Titus being in the area. So that was a blast. That's cool. Definitely cool. It is kind of funny how it seems like uh, a bunch of the the Flyways guys have um, new boat stuff that they're doing. Because Titus got his new Gator Tail boat. Mm-hmm. Um, you got your boat blind. You got your uh, new uh, Go Devil motor on your boat. Um, I got my new big boat. And I got my Go Devil 23 horse long tail I put on there. And I got the new, uh, <laughs> um, whatever you want to call this boat, the, the Duck Hunter boat, um, fiberglass over wood. And got my 13 horse um, long tail on there. And, and just all of us are just um, out there having a blast with boats. And we still can't convince Matt that, you know, there's more to life than a kayak. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and we put hydro turf in ours too, and and it really, really upgrades how it looks and the functionality of it. Well, nice, yeah, of, it it does look good. I, one question I did have for you though is, um, have you ever, yeah, uh, have you ever spray painted that, like, or added another coat of paint? Because I feel like that would like be the final touch to again, like it doesn't matter. It's not going to change the number of birds you kill, probably, but you know, just rattle can uh, <laughs> some camo paint on there, man. It probably looked pretty sharp. We've done a little bit of that. We did the rails black and then we did the back seats in like a camo green. So we did a little bit, okay. of, a little bit of that, the the rails on the sides and then the seats back there by the motor. We yeah. didn't do the whole thing, but I noticed like the nose of your boat and that's probably what hits stuff a lot, but it's like, that's the part that looks like it needs touched up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll get some camo green and do that. There you go. You mention it. Uh, it'll be awesome. I, I normally just don't worry. Honestly, how things look just don't tend to sit on my mind. It's all, it's <laughs> all about functionality, happens. right? Yeah. Not for you. I know, but no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we all, we're all guilty of it at some degree for sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm definitely a fan of having things that look cool. So, um, which, yeah. you know, kind now, of, I'm going to do that. You mentioned it, I'm going to do that. Awesome. But kind of, kind of to mention that, talking about things that look cool. I've been out in my uh, that new boat. I need the duck torpedo. That's what I'm going to call it until I do like a, uh, a a pull in the Fellowship of the Duck Gun to kind of get a vote for the name. But uh, you know, because the the other boat we did a vote on, we call it the. <laughs> I don't think we ever talked about it on the podcast, but we're calling it the uh, the Oak Nuts, the S <laughs> the SSS. <laughs> oak nuts <laughs> so uh but this one hopefully i can come up with a cooler name not leave it up to the people because that's what they voted on <laughs> unfortunately i don't think you can find a cooler name than the ss oak nuts <laughs> i think that's about as cool as you're gonna get that's probably but the duck torpedo because this thing looks like a, a freaking speedboat um but i've had the thing out with the 13 horse just buzzing around through marshes smashing over lily pads and vegetation and and I tell you what, man, like it's like, I'm just like a kid on Christmas out there in that boat. Like (laughs) I filmed the video. I can't wait for you to see it, but it's just, man, I've been having a lot of fun. I think I've taken that boat out now. I've taken it out like five times. (laughs) It's like, that's more than some people take their boats out during season. So 
I know, and all your other stuff's not going to get done, man. You're yeah. spending so much time, and you and Brookie are out there cruising around. Uh, you know, in the drone, because you put a, a sneak peek video on Patreon of the footage from it, and I thought from the drone it actually looked like a big alligator or a crocodile. <laughs> Because the long tail was like looked like the tail. That's the first thing I saw when I saw it. Is it looked like a top view of a big saltwater croc? That's funny. Yeah, it does. Just wait, because I got like two two little lights. You know how you can have a light bar? Well, I had like mm-hmm. two lights that like look like really small light bars, right? Um, and so if I put it on either side, I put it on there just to like mock up how I'm gonna put on put it on it, and it looks it makes it look like a la- uh, like a lizard or something. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, honestly, it looks almost a little comical so uh it'll probably look different when i put the brush on there and everything but yeah man it's that thing is so much fun to drive around in the marsh it's so it lightweight like it. i'm by myself like if i'm just running it like by myself with chief holy cow that boat can just you just fly you feel like you're flying you're really not because like it's not as fast as like like your boat or titus's boat with a, a 30 or 40 horse i'm sure you're going like upper 20s if you're maxing it out in miles per hour but like just going through the like i can just go like full force through all this brush and it doesn't doesn't slow me down at all and so i don't know have you checked the speed of how fast you're getting on it um <clears throat> i did i checked it out but i was on a river um it definitely go like when you're on like calm water and all that the only time i've checked it out and i was like 14 miles per hour so that's um, not bad in that little boat man that little boat with it was me and kevin in there um and like choppy water so i feel like Mm -hmm. if it's just me going through like smooth water or me maybe me and chief give us a little give us a little bit better uh trim to get that thing level um it'll be it'll probably still be right around that but that's with a seven and a half inch prop i just today in the mail i got eight and three quarter inch prop so i'm hoping that (laughs) having an extra inch and a quarter i think that'll do a lot more for the speed we'll see though We'll see, but it'll be crazy be if I'm careful. going if I'm going like 18 miles per hour. <laughs> be very careful because with those long tails, if you're turning, sometimes they'll dig in and you can actually donut those things and roll them. Because yeah. my dad did it with his with a 16 and a half foot boat with his long tail several times. So those long tails really? are prone to spin out and donut like that. So just be aware of that because with that small boat, you could do that really easily. Yeah, the thing about it though is it's super stable. Again, like I haven't had it fully geared out, but it's more stable than uh, my sixteen foot. It was a sixteen by forty, um, mm-hmm. John boat, and yeah. it's way more stable than that. It's like the it's yeah. so. I mean, I I'm sure you still could do it, but um, you could, but but you could. The thing about that too is you have a really really low center of gravity in that boat. Mm-hmm. But just be I, careful with that aspect of it going that fast. Gotcha. Because you can flip that boat. Yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. I, I'll you get say that, that thing up to like 18 miles an hour, and you were to catch that motor on a turn or something, it probably would flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't tried anything crazy like that yet. So anything I've done, yeah. if I'm going that fast, I'm just going full speed. So or yeah. uh, I'm just going straight. So, but mm-hmm. no, I, pre- I appreciate your concern for sure. So, um, but I do feel like I, I could get a little bit more out of the motor in situations where I need it. Not necessarily on like a team, a turn, like you're saying, going full force, but, um, you know, I do think that because one of the places I scouted was, uh, like a four and a half mile boat ride. So it took wow. like, it took like, uh, <laughs> it took like 20 some minutes to get there. I'm like, man, if mm-hmm. I could just get 
you know, a little bit more speed, um, then sure. You know, you trim that down. So, but yeah, I think that's all I had for updates for the week. So let's go ahead and give a quick thanks to our partners and we'll jump into, um, the beginner, uh, duck hunter topic. So, First off, I'd like to give a big thanks over to Onyx. Guys, if you're not using Onyx and the guys in your area are, then you're 100% at a disadvantage. Um, it's perfect for checking out where you're at in public land. You know where you stand. If you're on the public side of it or private, you definitely don't want to cross that. Put yourself in jeopardy of getting a ticket or something like that. So you always know where you, you are. Um, you can download the maps ahead of time, satellite, and then you'll have that even. Um, if you don't have cell signal, the, the thing that I use it the most for though, in my area is checking out property for private. Um, you can click on it right there on your phone and see who owns the property, their tax information and the address of their tax information. So you can go to that house, knock on the door, try to get permission, hopefully you get a yes. But even if you don't, it gives you, it gives you a way faster result than anything else. Knowing that and you can get to the next spot and keep doing that. So, um, Definitely check out Onyx. You can use it on smartphone. You can use it on Android. You can use it on PC. And it is an integral part of everything I do for duck hunting. So check it out. Our longest running partner is Motion Ducks. And if you listen to us and you're a duck hunter and you don't have this yet, man, you've got to have it in your spread. I'm telling you, I've got numbers to back it up. When on no win days, when you use Motion Ducks decoy spreader, you will shoot more ducks. It's not a gimmick. It's better than a jerk cord. I know he's like, well, I got a jerk. This is better. It's easier to set up. It's easier to take down. It's easier to transport. It looks more like ducks in the water than your jerk rig does. I'm telling you guys, product code DuckGun10 for 10% off free shipping, free anchor bag. You can either have a four duck or a seven duck. If you do not have this in your decoy arsenal, I'm telling you. It is, you will not regret it. You won't, guys. Go and check it out, man, right now. Use wow. code uh, DuckGun10, no spaces, over there, 10% off and free shipping. Um, also, guys, we mentioned this a little bit before, but freelance hunt stats and the Patreon combination of uh, the stuff me and Elliot do, besides the videos and the podcast, um, it's a, a really big part of what we do. Um, we talked about the hunt earlier, but we got tons of other content on there. Season's coming up, so you definitely want to – Check out the freelance hunt stats, and we got some exciting updates coming up. I'm not going to stick on this too long because we talked about it earlier, but um, definitely check those out, guys. There's a lot of stuff over there for you guys. Freelance hunt st- or Patreon slash Patreon.com slash freelance hunt stats. Freelance duck hunting. Freelance duck hunting. Patreon.com <laughs> slash freelance duck hunting. Or you can check out freelance hunt stats. But yeah. the best thing is Patreon, if you, if you can actually get two for one. With the $3, you can go two for one where you can get Patreon and hunt stats as part of the tier. So that is by far the best way to go about it. Awesome. And lastly, we got Bandit, Avery, and GHG. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, We got Bandit, Avery, and GHG. Guys, definitely check it out. They got some awesome gear. We're coming up till season. It's only two months away, less than that, less than two months away. From dove hunting and getting out there in the season, a couple things that I picked up are some of the lightweight camo long sleeve shirts, and they're breathable, perfect for all that. But just anything you need as a duck hunter, this is the one stop shop. Camo, decoys, waders, dog training gear, they got it all. Check them out. Some awesome products. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump in today's podcast. 
So we got today we got the beginner duck hunter item. Um, you know, it, it's it's not been too long since I've been a beginner duck hunter. So um excited to to jump into these. Something something that we kind of talk about yearly. Um, but you know, as the podcast grows, as we get new listeners, like I said earlier when we're talking about this, a lot of those guys that are coming to listen to this are coming to learn and figure out um how to do this better. Because if you come into it, you know, more and more, um, you know, I, I guess the best way to say it are gone are the days where every hunter has a dad that was a hunter before him and that they could learn from those mentors. And that's just not the case. So um, not the case as much anymore. You know, if you do have that, that's awesome, man. Uh, definitely cherish that and be glad you do. Um, you know, I was able to hunt with my grandpa and my dad growing up. We didn't go a lot, but we'd go, you know, a few times a year. So some of the best ways to learn you know, nowadays are through video content and podcasts and there's a lot of information out there. And so that's kind of what this, this one is kind of geared towards. It's those people who are getting into it. They want to new, know new stuff. If you guys have started in the last few years and listened to the podcast, well, this will be a refresher course, um, kind of going into season. So, um, we kind of made a list of the essential items on here. Elliot, if you have anything you want to add to it, you know, feel free, but this is kind of the list that I came up with, and we're kind of going to go through them one by one and, and talk about them and the different options and, um, you know, help you guys out going into season on everything you need to know as a duck hunter. Mm-hmm. So first off, we got the gun. Obviously, you need a gun if you're going to duck hunt. You absolutely, there's other things on this list. You can do it without, but <laughs> without a doubt, you cannot do it without a gun. So, um, you know, different options. There's 20 gauge, there's 12 gauge. There's debate about all of that. The, the really, the standard thing is a 12 gauge. So, um, you know, I'm not opposed to using the 20 gauge at all. Um, it doesn't make me less of a man to use a 20 gauge instead of a 12. Eh, I don't, maybe a little bit. I don't feel that way at all. Um, because my actual, my 20 gauge is, is my grandpa's gun and it's cooler than any gun that anybody else has that I know. So, um, <laughs> and I might be biased. I am 100% biased. I'll say I'm biased, but, um, but it is, it's super cool. So, um, there's definitely benefits either way you look at it, 20 gauge or 12 gauge. Um, you know, the next thing to talk about on that is the different things. You can have a single shot, you can have a pump gun and you can have a semi-automatic. If you got all the money in the world, you buy a semi-automatic because it's more efficient, it's quicker, um, and it gives you the best chance at having three shots at a flock of birds that come in. You don't always need three shots, but if you do, and you have a, even if you have a cripple, your third shot's going for, um, then that's the best way to do it. And I don't think there's really any debate about that. There's some people who prefer to do it differently. I guess I forgot, um, like, double-barrel shotguns over under side-by-side. Mm-hmm. Side. Um, yep. And those are kind of... Again, they're more for fun, I would say. Um, same way as like a single shot or something like that. Um, but, you know, if you got the money, same out of max the way to go. If you don't got money and you're going on a budget, um, the pump, you know, they're actually very, very efficient um, in the fact that you're not going to have, um, you're not going to have jam ups almost at all. With with pumps compared to like semi automatics, where it's, you've got to keep the gun clean and cycling properly, um, you're pumping it manually with your hand, and uh, that kind of reduces that problem from there. So they're just a little less quick and a little little less. Um, uh, it takes you off aim a little bit more by pumping that gun in between each bird. So 
Um, but you know, a lot of people start with that, you know, mostly just out of budget. Like if you're going to buy a kitty gun, it's a lot easier to buy a, a $300 gun opposed to semi-automatics. You're really looking at like 1100 ish to just get in the door starting with those. So, um, yeah, that, mm-hmm. is there, is there ones less than that, Elliot? Yeah. Um, if you go with like, so let me start with the, with the pump. If you, if you're looking for cheap shotguns at the entry point, you want Remington 870 or Mossberg 500. I shot the Mossberg. These are both pumps, uh, but I shot the Mossberg 500. I think it was about a $250 gun. I shot that sucker for over 20 years and I really, really liked it. Um, your entry level semi-automatic, you can get into it for $550. Uh, if you look at the Stoger M3000, which only shoots three inch shells. The Stoger M3500 shoots three and a half inch shells, but those guns are around 550 ish. Your Beretta Outlander, which is the one I got, I have an entry level semi-automatic, and I got I got a great deal on it for 550. Normally, you're talking about 650. Those are your baseline entry level entry level guns. So 250, 300. I, I haven't priced the like an 870 and a Mossberg 500 recently, but I'm sure for 350. Um, you can get into it with that. Um, I certainly would not advise a single shot, although I do have a single shot 20 um, that, that my son started on. But I wouldn't advise that. But yeah, that's kind of your entry level. And then if you really talk on top of the line, you know, guys love those Benelli's. I think Benelli's, would you agree that Benelli's probably the most popular shotgun? I think I think it's between Benelli and A5s. Those are the two, if you go into the room, I mean, those are the most costly um popularized guns the a5 and the super black eagle 3 so um those are but the, i feel like the benelli's are looked upon as like the premier i hear more people i think you're a little a little tilted because you love a5 how many so people you know that uh, have i a hear benelli people talk about what they eagle, want though what how many people do you know that have a benelli super black eagle 3 i'm saying um not a three my dad's got a one but i'm saying when i hear people when i hear people talking about shotguns and what they want i feel like i more typically hear them say they want a benelli than anything else mm-hmm. and i'm not saying me i would prefer to have i told you i'd prefer if i could have any gun i'd probably get an a5 i think uh, that's just the people you're hanging cool, out with but... because i i the, I, th- I agree with you those are the top two but i per, i can name off the top of my head um like seven people that have a5s but i can name like like one or two have benelli Super because Black they're around you but, and uh, trust well, me, look, guys, look at what's <laughs> happened that I've said this. I, I need, I know that either one is like a small sample size. What but happens? Either. See what happens? People around <laughs> you don't say this to you because of what's happening right now. <laughs> you do not put argue up with about people. It. <laughs> See? <laughs> you don't put up with people uh, about, about saying anything other than the A5 is the best gun on the market. And if they do... Woo, look out. No, I'm just saying, like, okay, so they both cost the same. They're both the most expensive gun you can buy. If I know seven people who have the A5 and two people that know the Benelli, again, it's a small sample size, then I would say that that, would be, that would be proof of the people around me uh, would prefer the A5. So, mm-hmm. um, I would prefer the A5. I, I just think See, that, you're that another person that prefers the A5. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. They're both. I mean, they're fantastic guns. They're fantastic. I just think Uh, Nelly has the biggest, has the best, like rep. Yeah, of any of them, from my experience. Yeah, I mean, Tony Vandermore shoots a Benelli Super Black Eagle three. That's his. Like, he's their their uh, promotional guy or whatever that they they pay to shoot him and all that. So he's super popular and 
Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, so I definitely say it's it's you know I would say they're one and two. I don't know which ones the, which ones the best, but but those are kind of if you wanted to go higher end. Yeah, um, you know those. That's kind of what you're looking at. What like you can spend clear up to, I don't know what the they're like. End ones they're like you can get real ornate ones. Yeah, so yeah, they they are expensive. I don't know because I'm not going to spend that on a gun. <laughs> I treat my guns too roughly to spend that kind of money on a gun. Yeah, I've got I I shoot the Breda Outlander A300, and it's just a meat gun, and I you know I clean I have to I clean it quite a bit just to keep it functional, but it's the kind of gun I need because I'm hard on my stuff. So. Yeah. So conclusion, A5s are better. <laughs> I would. Uh, that's what I would buy. Yeah. When, I, when I, I, here, here's a good litmus test for that I'm right. Okay. When everyone starts talking about and wanting something, I automatically do not want it. So like in high school, there was these like stupid shoes everyone started using wearing with these like little dumb pigtail tie things. They were so stupid looking. And all the guys in my high school started wearing them. And I automatically was just like, I'm not wearing those because everyone was doing it. And I feel that same way about Benelli. I would not get a Benelli because I feel like it's a social status thing is how it feels to me. The same with thing with like Sitka and, and I'm not saying if you guys have that stuff, it's wrong. I'm saying for me, for some reason, when I feel like the masses all start fanboy being a fanboy of something, there's something inside me that says, Nope, not for me. And I am starting to feel that way about Benelli a little bit. So that's kind of, you know, I guess that's my big piece of data. Yeah, I was going to say, so <laughs> we're going off of emotions. <laughs> we're just going to base it. Oh. Basing it on my emotions. but And yeah. I'm not, Benelli's are awesome. My dad shoots one. It's an awesome gun. I'm just saying that I tend to have that reaction to things that become kind of a fad. Like British Labs would be another one that's kind of a fad, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, to yeah. to solve to get a bigger sample size, I'm literally right now as you're talking and talking about your feelings, I'm putting in a <laughs> a poll and the poll is it's over in the fellowships.gun um and this this podcast is actually going to be out tomorrow. So you guys can jump over there and participate in it um cuz it's 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 11 o'clock and this thing is going to be posted tomorrow at like 6:30. So um the poll will be in there. People are going to be voting on it. I put which is the better gun? And guys, I'm gonna <laughs> don't vote with Elliot. Why don't you put, He's wrong. Which, well, don't no no don't put that. Put which would you buy first? Put that. Not which is the better one. Which would you buy first? Why does it matter how you phrase it? I literally tried to to not sway people's opinion by putting it like the most basic way possible. Which is the better gun? Like isn't that what we said? Like which is the better gun? A Browning? No, A5? we're saying which one's more popular. Which one's more popular is what we were talking. But about. like, wouldn't a better gun be more popular? Not necessarily. Well, it's already posted. Can because you edit some it? people just want what everyone. Most people, some some people just love to like, get the newest fad thing, right? And so, which one would you? Yeah, I guess it really doesn't make that much of a difference between <laughs> you put, but that that's how I would have worded it. Yeah, I just tried to keep it basic without. See um, what the guy was like? Yeah, the A five is probably better, but I just want the Benelli. You know, yeah, because it's a Benelli. Yeah, I guess there is some of that, right? So. Um, mm-hmm. but in that whole point, <laughs> Benelli is a good gun. Yeah, so word it how you want. I don't care. Whatever. All the all this well, it's already posted, so uh, I don't know if I can edit or not. Okay. But um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna all go this click to Benelli. say, all, <laughs> all the all this to say is uh, <laughs> we literally both just voted. Um, 
all this to say is you don't need those. You don't need either of those guns to start ducking. This is what this whole podcast is about. No. So we just went off on a little rabbit trail. You don't need either one. You just need a gun. It can be any gun, any shotgun that can shoot. Yep. So um, next thing we're going to, we're going to jump to is uh, shotgun shells. So shotgun shells, there's plenty of different options. Um, you know, there's obviously steel. You can't shoot lead anymore. I've, I know that it's a mistake that some new hunt, duck hunters make, unfortunately. But uh, you can't shoot lead. Don't try to shoot grandpa's old shells um, because you can't shoot lead anymore. You got to do non-toxic. So there's there's steel, there's bismuth, there is tungsten, and that's pretty much it. So, um, you know, this, the cheapest thing, again, is steel. If you're just getting into it, you don't have a lot of money, you know, go buy the steel. Um We've gone into this on depth on other on other episodes talking about bismuth. Um, if you got the money, you know that's like the the most um, worth worth the money, but it's expensive. So um, yep. that's the the kind of thought on that. And for tungsten, man, unless you're like loading your own shells, like I'm not going to pay um, like five dollars a shot, and that's what you have to pay for tungsten. Um, Why would anyone? Why would anyone shoot? tungsten over business if you just have a lot of if you have a lot of money I don't, I don't it's better it. it is better but is tungsten even better is is it more lethal yeah oh it's a lot more is it lethal. heavier per yeah yeah is it oh it's a lot more it's okay yeah it's like double. just heavier yes it's, it's a lot heavier so um okay. i don't have the exact numbers up but i know it's it i mean it's super lethal it's almost lethal to the point where you don't need it because bismuth is lethal out to like 40 50 yards it's like beyond that man it's like you're really gonna have to be a really really good shot to hit birds out there and it's just not advisable so um you know that's why people use tungsten for like turkeys because turkeys are standing still supposedly you can shoot turkeys with tungsten and a and a tight choke like 65 yards, no no problem. It's going to drop them dead. I've never shot that far, so I can't speak on it. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of thing with tungsten. So, um, again, like if you're super, super rich and you got a ton of money and you don't mind spending $5 a shell, then, you know, then that's kind of uh, what you can go to. Just just putting that out there for information. But, um, but as far as shells go, you know, two and three quarter, three inch and three and a half, you know, some people say they that they uh, the only reason they don't, the, the only reason they shoot three and a half is because they don't make four inch shells, you know, that, that kind of thought, um, you know, uh, so there, there's some to say about all that. Um, but kind of throughout the options with bismuth, I'm fine with two and three quarter with steel. I kind of would prefer to go to, to three inch cause you get the additional, um, feet per second on the speed, which still you have to have the speed to make it lethal. Um, you know, just the kind of progression we've seen over the years, uh, when it was the lower feet per second and just wasn't quite doing the job compared to lead. And so when they got the speeds up, you know, um, then that kind of helped with the lethality with bismuth, you still have that density. You still have that, uh, the weight for your knockdown powers. You can have a lower, um, feet per second on that. Um, and with two and three quarter, you don't really lose the feet per second on that as well. So, my favorite shell is two and three quarter inch number five is bismuth. Um, if I'm going to shoot for ducks again, it'll be three inch number fours. When, when you share yours, Elliot, what you got? Yeah. yeah. My same with you is my, that's my favorite shell. But if I'm not, if I don't want to spend the money on bismuth, my favorite shell is federal um, blue box. You can get them through Rogers for a hundred dollars a case, typically with a $20 rebate. So you can actually get a case for $80 with the rebate. 
Those are fast steel shells, and I have shot them many, many years. It's probably what I'll be shooting this year. I shoot sixes for teal, and then I bring it down to fours or threes or twos as we go along in the season. And I feel very, very comfortable hunting geese with twos. Twos and for good for mallards, good for geese. So I had kind of made the shift to threes, which I like that shell too. But if you're on a budget, that's that's the direction I would go. And right now, no one has shells, but so I'm a little worried about. I don't have. I don't have teal my teal shells. I'm a little worried about it, but yep. hopefully they'll get some in. Yep. Well, I'm gonna have to reformat that question for the podcast group because um, people just started adding other options, and that wasn't the point of the pool. So, um, <laughs> so can you change? Can you lock it down? So I they can't don't lock it, it down. Just delete it as yeah, they do. I was I was deleting options, but they keep adding options. Like they're putting their favorite guns in there. So. I'm going to redo it, but uh, um, delete that sucker. Yeah, I deleted it. We'll we'll repost it. But next next topic we got here is the decoys. Um, So really, as a beginner, guys, when I started, I bought two dozen um, floaters. If you're if you're on a budget, man, you can go find them on Facebook Marketplace. Somebody somewhere is quitting duck hunting right now. It's just the it's just the the truth of the matter, right? Um, somebody out there is quitting and you know, whether it, that's kind of what happened when I bought my first marketplace decoys, he's like, yeah, all my buddies stopped hunting. So I stopped going all that kind of a sad story to be honest, but mm. you know, one guy's trash is another guy's treasure. So I bought up those decoys and, um, you know, had a bunch of floaters pre-weighted all that. I paid like 30 bucks. Um, it was in a bag. So that was, that was the first like Facebook marketplace decoys I bought, or maybe it was Craigslist at that point. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah. So decoys really, when it comes down to it for a duck hunting, if you just have a, a dozen or two dozen mallard decoys, they don't have to be in great shape. You know, that is your best way to get into it as a beginner duck hunter. You know, if you want to go beyond that, you know, there's, you can buy better decoys, better anchors, all that kind of stuff. But generally with anything, it's just a progression because if you if you try to buy everything up front when you start, unless you got a lot of money, you're going to go broke. So, mm-hmm. you know, where you can save money here and there. And decoys are a great place to save money when you're talking about all the gear you're going to need to get. So um, that'd be my suggestion. What, what you got for decoys? I, on I haven't checked for a while, but I know back in my 20s, late 20s, maybe even my 30s. <sighs> You could get a dozen mallard decoys at Cabela's for like thirty-five bucks. They're real cheap end ones. I don't know what those are priced at now, but you can get really reasonable decoys. I'm running right now the GHG decoys, which I really, really like. Um, they're excellent decoys. So, but I think the point is with the decoys, you know, grab yourself a couple dozen mallards. You can hunt them during teal if you need to. You know, it, I, if not, I I love having teal decoys, and I will never not use teal decoys. We've talked about that many times but do you have to have them no you don't if you're just getting started and you're like okay what because that's the thing about duck hunting that is difficult it's that you need gear to duck hunt and a lot of times you know if you can't go out with your friends you just need gear so like jordan said a couple dozen and even a dozen a lot of ducks have been killed over a dozen decoys but you get a dozen decoys and then the four duck uh, motion ducks decoy spreader I, in fact, I would buy that before I'd buy two dozen decoys myself. I would buy the motion ducks, four duck spreader, and one dozen. I would do that definitely before I bought two dozen. It'd be more effective when you get that motion into it. Yep. Definitely agree with you on that. Um, one thing to kind of add to that, once you get your decoys, another key component, you said the motion ducks for the motion, and then also a mojo for 
Um, the spinning wing effect really helps suck them into a, a specific spot in your spread as well. So, yeah. you know, definitely things but to I, add. In I, I would probably, I at this point in my career, I think if I had to choose motion ducks or spinner, man, I might go with the motion ducks just because those non-wind days are just brutal without without motion on the water. They're yeah. just brutal. I might almost go that direction. Yeah. I hear you. Definitely definitely agree on all of that. Um, little update. The pool is up there again. I changed the wording, which is the best premium shotgun. <laughs> again, like I'm making this like a focal point of the podcast. It doesn't matter at all for beginning duck hunters, but, but we're getting a kick out of it. So. This is how emotionally tied Jordan is to the A5. It's like it's the elephant in the room. It's like when everyone's talking about shotguns and Jordan's going off about the A5, people are looking at each other like, who's going to say this like again better than the A5? Not me, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You'd be the first one to say it. Don't lie. <laughs> well, I don't, I'm not emotionally, I, I'm not emotionally tied to any brand with shotgun at all. I just am not. Yeah, me either, it's, man. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, I don't have a dog in the fight. I know that that I like my gun. My gun's gotten better with age. Actually, I had some qualms with my bread of the first couple seasons, and it's actually gotten better with age, surprisingly. Yeah. I was about to sell it after the second season. I was about to sell it. Yeah. Because I was having so many misfires. I remember I was that. having so many misfires. Yeah. I, in fact, I was like, if this goes on, I'm getting a new shotgun. And then I just learned all you got to do after every hunt, spray it with oil. You don't have to break it apart. Spray it with oil. Spray it down. The insides and it virtually never does it. Crazy. Nice. Anyway, I will add to that. Anyway. It's talking about shotguns with age. Well, we've talked about it in the previous podcast, but um, I got that super old A5. I'm going to be hunting with a lot this year just to prove that I'm not emotionally yeah, attached. Awesome. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> That's a cool. Cool. Jump to the next topic. We got waders. Um, so there's, you know, a, a few different things to know about waders. One, um, they got the the boot foot waders, and then they got the ones that have like the neoprene boot that you put a boot over top. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying the lingo right. No, thank you. But that's that's like the fly. Those fishing are just style. like fly fishing waders, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people yeah. who do fly fish first, you know, if you already have them, that that was the boat I was in. I already had waders. So I use sure. them for fly fishing. They're they honestly work great for duck hunting until it gets too cold, and there's it doesn't matter how many thermal socks you put on, and and um, they're just there's no uh, substitute for like a a, a sixteen hundred gram um, insulated boot, you know, for for staying warm late in the season. And they're just they just seem like uh, compared to some of the higher end ones on waders, uh, the fly fishing ones aren't necessarily as uh, durable because they're not set up like it. They're not set up for duck hunting. That's just the thing. But if you have them, they're a good entry to start for it. Um, you know, you're probably not going to be trudging through a lot of crap too if you're just beginning and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, they have that. Then they have um, you know, kind of basic. You know, um, I mean, if you go to Cabela's or a store like that, you're going to see like the basic level kind of all the way up, um, where they just have neoprene four four hundred gram, eight hundred gram. Um, twelve hundred gram, and then sixteen hundred gram. Then you go even beyond that to some of the more uh, premium models, kind of like how Bandit has, where they have a brush guard that goes in front of it, gives you a lot of protection from having sticks poke holes in it and all that kind of stuff. You know, I had a I had a neoprene brand. Um, it's an extra layer, extra pant layer. Yeah, it's an extra pant layer that yeah. has like canvas mm-hmm. brush guards that go in front of where you're walking. But I've 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 done that before, where I've stabbed a branch 
through my waders in icy cold water, and that just ends your hunt. So, um, you know, and then beyond neoprene, they do have breathable. So um, we both run the banded neoprene waders um, with 1,600 breathable. gram. No, not, no, not neoprene. I said breathable. You said neoprene. Oh, I meant to say you breathable. Okay. Breathable waders with a 1,600 gram um, a 1600 gram insulated boot. So, uh, you know, that's kind of, there's a lot of variations in between there. Those are the best, right? Pretty much the best you can get are that style. Um, but there's, as far as someone getting into, you don't necessarily have to have that high up. If you're a hardcore hunter, like we are, it's definitely super nice to have, um, waders like that, that have kind of the, everything you need for it, but you're just getting in, you know, maybe, maybe you need to save some money. Um, there's definitely some models that you can get that are, uh, um, more budget friendly. You can get a pair of frog togs for like 50 bucks. <laughs> if you just want to go out a couple times, you can't. Yeah. That's what Dan got the first year. Yep. Um, yeah. The thing about waders, waders are one of the weak point of waterfowl hunting because they just pop holes really easy, really, really easy. So it might be an area in which you want to spend a little more money if you have an area to spend more money because when you get up in the seven, eight, nine hundred dollar range, you're going to be talking multiple year warranties. And you can go through waders really, really fast. And most places will give you 12 months. And the problem with that is, is if you're hunting, you know, and, and you pop a hole towards the end of the season, but you don't realize it till next season and you bought it in September, you're going to go past that 12 month and you're going to be out of warranty. So, you know, I would say either by yourself, if you just get into it, buy yourself that super cheap pair and just see how it goes. Try to get the 1600 um, gram on the feet. Cause that's an area you probably don't want to skimp on either. Cause cold feet suck. Or it might be, like I said, it might be an area that you want to go to like Bandit and buy the newest set of Aspire that are almost $900, but it's made with the absolute best technology, three-year warranty. So, you know, um, and I would definitely say that, and I think Jordan would agree, as we switched over to your breathable waders, I've never heard anyone go to breathable waders and say, I want to go back to neoprene. Neoprene are not very comfortable. They are not flexible. You're just so much more comfortable in a breathable wader than you are than you are in neoprene. Yeah. But if you're going to hunt four or five times a year, then you probably don't need it. But if you're the hardest core hunter or if you got a lot of money and it, you know, then then go for it because they are they are superior for sure. But I mean, you like if you're looking at a nice pair of neoprene from Cabela's, you're talking about 350 bucks. If you get the baseline breathable banded way you're talking about $350. So if yeah. you're going to get into that three to 400 price range, go with those breathables. It's going to yep. be more comfortable. And I will say that the big problem with neoprene is the seams leak. That yeah. is a constant problem. Yep. You don't have that problem on the breathable. Yeah, the seams just, don't leak like they do on the neoprene. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's from the weight and, and they stretch over time. You have holes mm-hmm. where the thread goes through and it just stretches. So there's the, but you can pop a hole easier in the breathable, yep. but the holes are easier to repair in the breathable than they are. Repairing seams is a losing battle. In fact, I went to my neoprenes is, is using like a glue and gluing all the seams when I first got them, and it still didn't, right? In that crotch area, it's just always popping holes. So things funny, to consider. Funny story. That's the first YouTube video I ever saw of you. Oh, Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was a crusty video, man. Man, that was in my old basement. I think that was even before I duck hunted, to be honest. Because I was yeah. looking up like how to fix waders for um for fly fishing, I believe. So 
Um, <laughs> and yours came up. So that was a low grade, crusty old video, wasn't it? <laughs> is it still there? I want to go watch it again. Yeah, it's that, still there. Yeah. That was, it's, it's just so funny that that memory can pop up and I had no idea who you were, but mm-hmm. you're like in your basement talking about how to repair waders. Yep. So, yep. That was when I still thought you could, I might actually be able to do it. <laughs> I gave up trying. I mean, ceiling. Fixing holes in neoprene waders is, a, I mean, you can kind of have a little success sometimes, but it is a very difficult task. Oh, man. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it to my core. All mm-hmm. right. Let's jump to kind of different uh, different styles of hunting. So um, as somebody who begins, you know, there's there's you can walk in, you can boat in, you can uh, have canoes or kayaks for different forms of transportation. Um, but as, as, you know, as someone who's beginning, you know, uh, usually the most accessible ways are finding places with walk-ins because it requires, um, you to own one less thing, a boat or a canoe or a kayak. So, um, definitely check that out. There is success to be had in walk-ins. Um, but Ellie, Ellie, go ahead and, uh, you know. Chime in on this, what you got thoughts. Actually, I need to get a throat lozenger. I'm about to cough on every word. So sure. <laughs> give me one second. Most of my hunting in my 20s was walking. And I and I did a lot of it. And so what I did is I spent a little bit more money on a decoy bag from Cabela's. Like I went for like $75 that actually had a gun holder in it. So I would be packing about 20, 18 to 24 decoys. My pack held a gun in it. And then I just had a little stool or I even had like a swivel bucket that I would carry in sometimes. And that's not that bad of a load. But the the thing about walking in another route you can go is the sleds, which was what we've done more recently than the past where you can just get a, a sled and pull stuff in. So if then if you want to get into the boats, the best way to enter into that is look on Craigslist and check out either um, kayaks or little layout boats. And those can typically, I mean, I found one, the one I bought, I found for $250. I sold a couple for $250. So that's kind of, if you really search that two to $500 range is where you're talking with that boat. But if you're, if you're just getting into it and you're on a budget, that walk-in thing is really what you're going to want to do. Um, and the cheapest route to do that is just the decoy bag, the decoy bag and slinging things over and going for it. So, but if you do have a little bit more money then getting a, um, either a kayak or you can even buy boats that are up to 16 feet for a couple thousand dollars. Duck, one thing, big thing about duck hunting, it, it is a long progression. And I actually just did Josh's review video today. And I was talking about that, about Josh. I've seen from Outdoor Limits, seen his progression in his first couple of years. I mean, his first video on, on YouTube, which isn't even up anymore, was his first duck hunt, I believe. And so he started a walk-in hunter. Then he got kayaks. Then he got a little layout boat with a long tail. Now he's got a 16-foot boat with a... And just seeing that but duck hunting is... If you're in it, if you really think you might want to get in for the long haul, your ultimate goal is being able to hunt every situation effectively that you can possibly hunt. And that's going to mean spreading out your money over time and can, can continue to accumulate these things that allows you to be as versatile as you can we've been doing this for almost 30 years so i've got kayaks we've got a big boat we've got carts to walk in we've got decoy bags any situation we see whether it's walk in or shallow water or deep water or lakes or rivers we can attack it but it's taken a lot of years and a lot of resources to do that 
So just be thinking about, you know, your time frame over the years and how you can how you can get to that point. You back with us, Jordan? Yeah, back with us. You know, one thing to kind of chime in on that is, uh, you know, if if you're gonna get something, I say the best first item for transportation. You know, if you're gonna get beyond that walk-in stage, is to buy a canoe. And the reason for a canoe is you can get a canoe off face, Facebook Marketplace. I wouldn't go with like a big, heavy aluminum one. I'd go with one of the the lighter um, plastic style. You can get like a 14 footer. I bought mine for 250 bucks. Again, entry level. Um, if you buy, you know, a gun, a canoe, and your decoys, that is like the kind of almost like the bare minimum, right? Um, but that canoe gets you around. You can get a lot of gear in it. And the other thing is, you can have somebody come with you. So if you get a kayak, it's just you. Um, you can't bring as much gear usually. Uh, so having a canoe, you can get more gear in it. You can get your dog in it. You can get um, another person. Um, so I, I think that that's that's a better starting point than a kayak. Once you get beyond that, though, um, kayaks are kind of, if you're going with two people and you both have kayaks, it's kind of better. I guess, you know, the one thing to think about is if you're only going to be hunting with other people who already hunt and they have kayaks, then maybe you can go the kayak route Um, because you can get some cheaper brands, um, probably close to that price point. But then again, even if they have kayaks and you have a canoe, which I've done videos on, we've done podcasts on, all that kind of stuff, um, to go in more detail on how you can use that solo, you still can get away with using that canoe solo. So it just seems the most versatile option if you only have one, opposed to like John boats or anything else. So, yeah, I'd say that's probably true. Well, that's how, and that's how we started. We had a huge, I don't know how big it was, but a big cargo canoe. And that was our first. Because I was going to push back on you about that, and then you convinced me <laughs> during your. <laughs> Because you're right, you got you're more versatile as far as bringing people in. So if you if you're just starting out, and that may be the better route to go, like a 14 foot canoe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying it's the most versatile. You know, mm-hmm. to go out there, I, I'd most rather bang have, for your buck. Yeah, I'd rather if I had one option just for me, I'd rather have um, like the the Discovery 119 or the H12 would be like my preferred. Um, boat for duck hunter yeah at, yeah as far as kayaks go you know but beyond that i'd rather have a boat boat so <laughs> you know but mm-hmm. it's like you said you kind of build up as you go and then someday you have a fiberglass covered wood boat that's awesome with a 13 horse mud motor and you're just cruising around uh <laughs> that's usually a long way off though from when you start so yeah but not everyone would agree with you that they'd take a big boat over a kayak. I know Matt wouldn't agree. And I was actually really, really thinking about it five years ago or three years ago. I would not have agreed with you at all. Um, with the A-frame transition I've made, I probably would agree, would agree now with you that I'd take a big boat over a kayak. But there were certainly times in my life that I would have said, no, I'll take a kayak over a big boat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I'm changing my mind all over the place. <laughs> I'm glad – I'm glad to do it. So someday we'll get you off that Benelli train. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, I, I guess we can briefly touch on boats again. I, I just don't think that, you know, that like big boats, I guess I should say, I mean, I guess we've hit on it, but um, they really don't apply too much to a beginner duck hunter um, unless you just have a lot of extra money. So if you do, like we said, there's tons of options out there. Um, you can go with John boats. Um, 12 foot, 14, 16, 
uh, and you know, run. You can run an outboard. You can run a mud motor. Outboard, you know, is going to be just deeper water. You can't run it in shallow. And then the mud water, mud mud motors are for marshy areas where you're going to be running in weeds and mud and that kind of stuff. They got long tails. They got surface drives. It's a lot of fun once you start looking into that, and you, if you have the money to kind of invest into that and, and get into that. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, that's been of a, a big thing for my hunting style and. Um, I really love that part of it right now. This is just a lot of fun. So as a beginner duck hunter, I think that's maybe something to kind of think about for the future, but you're probably not, if you're just starting off, you're probably not going to be willing to invest that much into something that you're just trying to figure out how much you're really going to enjoy it. So you got anything to add on the boats? I, I would just say that if you know of, or have a 12 or 14 foot John boat, that is not a deep water boat. Do not try to turn that into a lake duck boat. Those that size of a boat should be on shallow water only. People die in 12-foot boats. People try to take 12-foot boats on lakes and they die. So a lot of guys don't understand that those 12-foot boats are death traps on a reservoir. Do not do it. Do not do it. I can I can think of two instances off the top of my head where guys died in 12-foot boats on reservoirs. Yep. So really, if you want to be safe on a reservoir, deep water, you want 16-foot minimum. I mean, I know some guys will say, well, I've got a 14 foot. Yeah. Okay. But I, I certainly, ours is uh, 18 feet by 56 inch. It's a big one. And I've, I've been on lots of big lakes in the dark and I can tell you, you don't want to be in that situation in a 12 foot boat. So just yeah. keep, keep that in mind. Keep I've, that in mind. I've never capsized, but that has to be, I know you guys have done it at one point and that's gotta be super, super scary mm-hmm. in the dark. All that kind of stuff, and definitely don't want to. Yeah, be Yeah, we situation. flipped our eighteen foot boat on a on a submerged log, and that's an eighteen foot boat with really high sides, and yep. we flipped that. So you get a twelve foot twelve foot boat in high in high water, high waves, and you know, it's not a good, not a good safe vessel for deep water in the cold. Definitely agree with you on all that. Um, so concealment. Um, you know, if you're you're going into concealment, a few things to think about is, you know, just making sure you keep brushing everything, as you know, as the old adage goes, when you think you're done brushing, keep on brushing. Um, you know, again, as, a, as someone someone who's starting out, I'm going to assume that most likely you're doing, um, you're going to be doing blinds that are just made with natural vegetation. So. Um, you know, worry about your top cover, worry about getting your, your blind as well made as you can. And, uh, you know, uh, 90% of the time, if you have birds that aren't working, it's usually something to do with, with you, not them seeing you. So concealment is super, 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 super important. Um, Elliot, Elliot, what'd you got to add on this? I would just say, and I, I don't want to step on people's toes that do this, but in my opinion, Walking out into a marsh with a bucket and sitting on it is not an effective strategy for killing for killing ducks. Uh, there are lots of public places around here where we see guys just walking out with a bag of decoys in a bucket in vegetation that's really not that thick and sitting down and putting their spinner out about 40 yards. That creates wounded birds and it ruins it for everyone around you when the, the ducks are going to see you and they're going to become shy and they're going to become worried for everyone in the pool. So I would just encourage you, if that is your method of hiding or 
Um, and you do that to find like there's panel blinds, there's all sorts of methods, layout boats, there's all sorts of methods to not be that guy that just walks out into a marsh and sits out in the open on a bucket. So that's not an effective strategy and and should not should not be done in most situations on public land. So find find a different way to get yourself hidden than that. Definitely. Um definitely agree on all that as well. Awesome. So uh you know, next thing we got on here is calls. So obviously there's, you know, two basic calls. You got the duck call and you got the goose call. You know, if I was going to throw a third in there, it'd be a whistle. Um, you know, there's there's multiple companies that make like a four-in-one whistle. The one that I like is uh, the pulp pattern call. It makes a little whistle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I guess it does another, the Drake call. Whistle and the Drake call. Both. Yeah, it does the whistle. It does the Drake. You can do Pentel, um, Widget, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it does, if you can learn to do all the different calls with it as well. Um, and it's just, I just like it way better than some of those big kind of bulky, uh, four in one mm-hmm. calls that you see from like other companies. I don't really, really want to uh, say yeah, anything disparaging. Small, about. Yeah. small, pretty little call. Yep. Definitely. Pull yep. And they do the job. So, um, for me, mm-hmm. it's 90% of what we use it for is the till peep. And then, uh, um, the mallard, um, the mallard call there with a, the mallard whistle. So. Um, but then beyond that, you know, if that's honestly, that's the best thing to start with. If you're a beginner hunter and you're hunting with other people, it's just to get a whistle. You can actually contribute meaningful with, with the mallard whistle, in my opinion. Um, you know, it, beyond that, learn to duck all, learn to goose call, but like, don't do it while you're hunting with a group and you're flaring all the birds. Um, that's a pet peeve of mine. So <laughs> I hate when people yeah. do that. Um, just, I mean, just put it in your truck and learn. I mean, that's what everybody's got to do. And the best way, honestly, to learn is if you're going on solo hunts and you're a beginner because you have to call. You have to. And you're going to see those birds react to it. And when it's a bad, bad call, you're going to hear that. Sometimes maybe you just call a little less, do as minimal as possible to get them in. Um, but it's just something you have to learn. And everybody, when they started, have, had to go through that. You got buddies. Bring it in their truck with them if they're willing to help you, and and you can kind of compare what you sound like. Just learn the quack, and then learn the feeder chuckle beyond that, and that'll take care of your your duck hunting. You know, as a beginner level, um, and then for goose, just just learn how to cluck, and that'll kind of um, get you clucking and, and honk, and that'll get you the basics for goose hunting. So if you can put those in your truck and just keep doing it and learning it, then that's really going to take you to a spot where you're going to kill birds with that. And then if you want to, um, you're, you're going to be able to go beyond that and, and keep learning and progressing and getting better. Yeah. I don't really have a whole lot to add to that. Uh, I think that, that you hit it uh, other than you and Jordan and I are going to have personalized calls out here. Uh, Mid August freelance duck hunting call and a duck gun chronicles call, which we've helped design. So if you guys are interested in that, that'll be coming out through, um, what's the official name again of that? The Brotherhood. Uh, Bro- Brotherhood Productions, I believe. Brother is is their uh, Instagram handle. So and we'll have links out for that too. They're pretty. They're pretty slick. So keep keep that in mind with the calling because those will be available kind of mid August. Awesome. But you you hit it all on the calling. You know, just get out and start and listen to lots of audio and try to replicate it. Yep, definitely on all that. And then you know, last thing to do, you know. Um, it's just scout, 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 map, scout, find places to go. Um, you know, one thing I did when I started, is I just went to the same place over and over. Like I literally would just go to the same place and I went like 11 times before I shot a duck. So <laughs> I think, I think maybe if I would have tried to switch around and, and try to find, find some places to go. And that's the thing. It's really, really hard to find places to go when you start, because 
Um, the thing about duck hunting is everybody's tight lipped for good reason. Like if you have a spot you hunt, you don't want a new guy to go there 11 times in a row. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and that's just, that's honestly, it's just a necessary evil about duck hunting. Like people are tight lipped about their spots and, uh, you know, try to get in good with some of your buddies. Maybe they'll take you. Don't do anything to burn those spots for them. Don't just go back to a spot they showed you on public land and hunt it. That's honestly, that's disrespectful in a way. So, uh, even though it's public land, that's one thing to understand that if it's public land and they showed you about it, you wouldn't have known about it otherwise, then it's an, it's, it's an unwritten rule that that is something that you shouldn't do. So, you know, that's where you have to do your own thing, figure out your regulations for your area. Like Indiana, um, on a river, you can hunt anywhere. It's public land. On public waterways, you can hunt anywhere. Um, obviously, you don't want to be around houses and that kind of stuff. So get out away from that, but you can hunt those places. So just do your research, find the public land areas, and, and get on, on those places. Find your own spots. Don't depend on anybody else, you know, as somebody else is beginning. That would be my suggestion. You can. You can depend on people and only go when they go. But this is kind of geared to someone who's trying to learn and expand and become their own duck hunter. And it's more fun. It's more fun the more – the more your hunting has your fingerprints on it, the more satisfaction you will get. Public hunting is addictive. I truly believe that public hunting, the highs are higher and the lows are lower than private hunting. Because when you get on those mallards and you shoot a mallard limit and they're just down in your face on public land and there's no one else around, that satisfaction is just through the roof. But it can be very hard and it can be very discouraging. And there's really low moments of of other hunters interfering with you and, and ruining your day that could have otherwise been good. So the highs are highs and the lows are lows, but it is addictive. Yep. And th- those of you out there that are listening that are public land hunters, you know what I'm talking about. It's just public land duck hunting. There is nothing like it that I've ever experienced. I've done a lot of hunting, hunted a lot of different game, both private and public. And there's just something about chasing public land mallards in particular that is just once it gets a hold of you, break your wife into it slowly because <laughs> she's on in for a ride. Yeah, they can. And it's like you said, it can be addictive. So, um, but yeah, we hope all these these tips help you guys as new hunters. Hope if you are a veteran that you've been able to glean some knowledge off of this as well. Um, but you know, last kind of last kind of thing, guys. Um, if you're enjoying these podcasts, it means a huge, a huge amount to us if you guys can share this podcast with your buddies we're going into season we want to share a message share duck hunting with more and more people every year and you know the biggest way you guys can help us out is just share it with your buddies people let people know about the the duck gun podcast um you know and, and all the episodes we got out here so we'll keep them turning guys every week you don't have to worry about that you know i know this one is a little late on the week we're out we're coming out on thursday um and normally they come out on mondays so um but We'll keep them going. Any any closing words, Elliot? I I don't I don't think so. I think that uh, you said it well. All righty, folks. I'm Jordan Duck and Chronicles. Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs>